Stories, fables, ghostly tales. It's poetry time, mates. Something different for your Friday night? Six poems brought to your lovely ears? Involving devils taking long walks and taking in the sights? Tales of the sea? A ballad of suicide? What brings a man home? A florist full of passion? plus so much more. Mates, I've got a cup of Earl Grey at the ready, and I just heated up some honey-flavoured porridge just now, and the rain is pouring down outside. And I can tell you, there's not a lot more that I need to be happy right now. (laughs) So join me for six poems narrated just for your ears. Turn up the sound, turn down the lights, and join me for some poetry. The Contrast In London I never know what I'd be at, enraptured with this, and enchanted with that. I'm wild with the sweets of variety's plan, and life seems a blessing, too happy for man. But the country, Lord help me, sets all matters right, so calm and composing from morning to night. Oh, it settles the spirits, when nothing is seen, but an ass on a common, a goose on a green. In town, if it rain, why it damps not our hope, the eye has her choice, and the fancy her scope. What harm though it pour, whole nights or whole days, it spoils not our prospects, or stops not our ways. In the country, what bliss, when it rains in the fields, to live on the transports that shuttlecock yields, or go crawling from window to window to see a pig on a dunghill or crow on a tree. In town we have no use for the skies overhead, for when the sun rises then we go to bed, and as soon as that old-fashioned virgin the moon, she shines out of season like Saturn in June. In the country these planets delightfully glare, just to show us the object we want isn't there. Oh, how cheering and gay when their beauties arise, to sit and gaze round with the tears in one's eyes. But tis in the country alone we can find that happy resource, the relief of the mind, when, drove to despair, our last efforts we make and drag the old fish-pond for novelty's sake. Indeed, I must own, tis a pleasure complete, to see ladies well-draggled and wet in their feet. But what is all that to the transport we feel, when we capture in triumph two toads and an eel? I have heard, though, that love in a cottage is sweet, when two hearts in one link of soft sympathy That's to come, for as yet I, alas, am a swain, who require, I own it, more links to my chain. In the country, if Cupid should not find a man out, the poor tortured victim mopes hopelessly about. But in London, thank heaven, our peace is secure, where for one eye to kill, there's a thousand to cure. In town let me live, then, in town let me die. For in truth I can't relish the country, not I, if one must have a villa in summer to dwell. Oh, give me the sweet shady side of Pall Mall.
Flora's bit. Flora, with wondrous feathers in her hat, rain-soaked and limped and feeling very flat, with flowers of sort in her full basket sat, back to the railings there by cheering cross, and cursed the weather in a blank day's loss. Weather, she cried, to PC09, weather you calls it? Your sort then, not mine? I calls it blankly. No, so there you are, bit of old Nick's worstest particular. Weather indeed, not much, my little son. It's just old London's nastiest kind of fun. Violets, narcissus, primrose and daffs, see how they sits up in their beds and laughs. Bye, pretty ladies, for your nicks at home. Jets for the girls now, buy a pretty bloom. Gosh, but them busters is a fair disgrace, squirting their dirty mud in one's face. Robert, my son, you ain't half worth your salt, or you'd arrest them for a blank assault. Primroses, narcissus, daffs and violets, first come is first served, oh pico basket gets. Gone then, you git. Ain't none of you no good. Can't spare a copper to order poor girl's food. Gives one the umps it does, you see you all go by. And me a sitting here all day, and none of you won't buy. Violets, narcissus, blight me, strike me dumb. God, what's the good of you, lot of dirty scum? Silly blokes, stony brokes, I'm a-goin' home. And then from out the corner house came two and two and two. Three pretty maids, three little subs, doing as young subs do, when four days leaves gives them the chance of a little bill and coo. What ho! they cried as they espied Flora's bright flower pot. Hoy, you there with the last year's hat. Let's see what you got, and if they're half as nice as you, we'll buy the bloomin' lot. But as they stood there chaffering, out from the station came a string of cautious motor cars packed full of lean brown men. The halt, the maim, the blind, the lame, the wreckage of the wars. Their faces pinched and full of pain, their eyes all dazed with stress and strain. The nation's creditors. The subs, the girls, and Flora stood, there in the pouring rain, and shouted hearty welcomes to the broken, lean-faced men. And when they'd passed, the little subs turned to their fun again. But the biggest heart among them all beat under the feathered hat. Not me, she cried, and up and sped, after the boys who fought and bled. Here's a game worth two of that! She caught the cards and in she flung her wares with lavish hand. Narcissus violets, here you chaps. Primrose daps for your rumply caps. My ain't you blackened hand. Narcissus violets a la bloom. We're glad to see you back. Primrose daffs, thank good you laughs. If it's only crooked smiles, we're glad my lads to see you home. If your faces are like files. They thanked her with their crooked smiles. Their bandaged hands they waved. Narcissus, violets, prims, and daffs, they welcomed them with twisted laughs. Quite proper, they behaved. And one said, you're a daisy, dear. And if you stop the bus, would everyone give you a kiss? And so say all of us. A daisy, dear, that's what you are. And the rest you are, you are. Then Flora swung her basket high and tossed her feathered head. To the boy she gave one final wave, and to herself she said, What kind of silly old fool am I, playing the goat like that? Chucking off all my stock, oi. And damaging me yet. But them poor lads that look so thin, I couldn't have slept if it hadn't been, and gone and done this foolish thing, and it done them good, and it done me good. So what's the odds if I does go lean for a day or two till the nibs come in? A girl like me can always live, and a bit I had I had to give. And he called me a daisy, oh, daisy dear, and I ain't tell you, it made me queer. With a lump in my throat and a swell right here, 
First time ever anyone called me that, and I swear it's better than a brand new hat. Evening bring us home. Evening bring us home. From our wanderings afar, from our multifarious labours, from the things that fret and jar, from the highways and the byways, from the hilltops and the vales, from the dust and heat of city street and the joys of lonesome trails, evening brings us home at last to thee. From plough and hoe and harrow, from the burden of the day, from the long and lonely furrow in the stiff reluctant clay, from the meadows where streams are purling, from the moors where mists are curling, Evening brings us home at last to rest and warmth in thee. From the pastures where the white lambs to their dames are ever crying. From the byways where the night lambs thy love are crucifying. From the labours of the lowlands, from the glamour of the glowlands. Evening bears us home at last to fold and rest in thee. From the forests of thy wonder, where the mighty giants grow. Where we cleave thy works asunder and lay the mighty low. From the jungle and the prairie. From the realms of fact and fairy, evening brings us home at last to rest and cheer in thee. From our wrestling with the spectres of the dim and dreary way, from the fast heroic chances of the never-ending fray, from the mount of high endeavour in the hope of thy forever, evening brings us home at last to trust and peace in thee. From our toilings and our moilings, from the quest of daily bread, from the worship of our idols and the burying of our dead, like children worn and weary, with the way so long and dreary, evening brings us home at last to rest and love in thee. From our journeyings often many over strange and stormy seas, from our search the wide world over for the larger liberties, from our labours vast and various, with our harvesting precarious, evening brings us home at last to safely rest in thee. From the yet untrodden lands where we sought thy secrets out, from the blizzards of the nightlands and the blazing white lands drought, from the undiscovering country where our is is yet to be, evening brings us home at last to welcome cheer and thee. From the temples of our living, all empurpled with thy giving, from the warp of life thick threaded with the gold of thine in weaving, from the days so full of splendor, from the visions rare and tender, evening brings us home at last to quiet rest in thee. From the dim lands, from the grim lands, from the lands of high emprise, from the lands of delusion, to the truth that never dies, with rejoicing and with singing, each his rightful sheaves home ringing, evening bring us all at last to harvest home with thee. From the fields of fiery trying, where our bravest and our best, by their living and their dying, their souls high faith attest. From these dread red fields of sorrow, from the fight for thy tomorrow, evening brings each one at last, to our own peace in thee. New Year's Day and Every Day each man is a captain of his soul, and each man his own crew. But the pilot knows the unknown seas, and he will bring us through. We break new seas today, our eager keels quest unaccustomed waters, and, from the vast uncharted waste in front, the mystic circles leap to greet our prows with mightiest possibilities, bringing us what? Dread shoals and shifting banks, and calms and storms, and clouds and biting gales, and wreck and loss, and valiant fighting times, and maybe death, and so the larger life. For should the pilot deem it best to cut the voyage short, he sees beyond the skyline, and he'll bring us into port. And maybe life, life on a bounding tide, and chance of glorious deeds, of help swift born to drowning mariners, of sheer to ships dismasted in the gale, of succors given unsaked and joyfully, 
of mighty service to all needy souls. So, ho for the pilot's orders, whatever course he makes, for he sees beyond the skyline, and he never makes mistakes. And maybe golden days, full freighted with the light, and wide free seas of unimagined bliss, and treasure isles and kingdoms to be won, and undiscovered countries and new kin. For each man captains his own soul, and chooses his own crew, but the pilot knows the unknown seas, and he will bring us through. The Devil's Walk on Earth From his brimstone bed at break of day, a walking the devil is gone, to look at his snug little farm of the world, and see how his stock went on, over the hill and over the dale, and he went over the plain, and backwards and forwards he swished his tail, as the gentleman swishes a cane. How then was the devil's dressed? Oh, he was in his Sunday's best. His coat was red and his breeches were blue, and there was a hole where his tail came through. A lady drove by in her pride, in whose face and expression he spied, for which he could have kissed her. Such a flourishing, fine, clever woman was she, with an eye as wicked as wicked can be. I should take her for my aunt, thought he, if my dame had had a sister. He met a lord of high decree, no matter what was his name, whose face with his own when he came to compare the expression, the look, and to the and the air, and the character too, as it seemed to a hair, such a twin likeness there was in the pair, that it made the devil start and stare, for he thought there was surely a looking-glass there, but he could not see the frame. He saw a lawyer killing a viper, on a dunghill beside his stable, ha, quoth he, thou puttest me in mind of the story of Cain and Abel. An apothecary on a white horse rode by on his vocation, and the devil thought of his old friend, death in the revelation. He pastored a cottage with a double coach house, a cottage of gentility, and he owned with a grin, that his favorite sin is pride that apes humility. He saw a pig rapidly down a river float. The pig swam well, but every stroke was cutting his own throat, and Satan gave thereat his tail a twirl of admiration, for he thought of his daughter war and her suckling babe taxation. Well enough in sooth he liked that truth and nothing the worse for the jest, but this was only a first thought, and in this he did not rest. Another came presently into his head, and here it proved, as has often been said, that second thoughts are best. For as a piggy plied with wind and tide his way with such celerity, and at every stroke the water died, with his own red blood, the devil cried, Behold a swinish nation's pride in cotton-spun prosperity. He walked into London leisurely, the streets were dirty and dim, but there he saw brothers the prophet, and brothers the prophet saw him. He entered a thriving bookseller's shop, quoth he, We are both of one college, for I myself sat comrade once upon the tree of knowledge. As he passed through cold bath fields, he looked at a solitary cell, and he was well pleased, for it gave him a hint for improving the prisons of hell. He saw a turnkey tie a thief's hand with a cordial tug and jerk. Nimbly quoth he, a man's fingers move when his heart is in his work. He saw the same turnkey unfettering a man with little expedition, and he chuckled to think of his dear slave trade and the long debates and delays that were made concerning its abolition. He met one of his favourite daughters, by an evangelical meeting, and forgetting himself for joy at her sight, 
He would have accosted her outright and given her a fatherly greeting. But she tipped him the wink, drew back and cried, Avot, my name is religion. And then she turned to the preacher and leered like a lovesick pigeon. A fine man and a famous professor was he, as the great Alexander now may be, whose fame not yet o'erpassed is, or that new Scotch performer who is fiercer and warmer, the great Sir Arch Bombastis. With throbs and throes and ahs and ohs, far famed his flock for frightening, and thundering with his voice the while his eyes zigzag like lightning. The Scotch phenomenon, I trow, beats Alexander hollow, even when the most tame he breathes more flame than ten fire kings could swallow. Another daughter he presently met, with music of fife and drum, and a consecrated flag, and shout of tag and rag, and a march of rank and file which had filled the crowded aisle of the venerable pile. From church he saw her come, he collared her aside and began to chide, For what dost thou hear? said he. My city of Rome is thy proper home, and there's work enough there for thee. Thou hast confessions to listen, and bells to christen, and altars and dolls to dress, and fools to coax, and sinners to hoax, and bees and bones to bless, and great pardons to sell for those who pay well, and small ones for those who pay less. Nay, father, I boast that this is my post, she answered, and thou wilt allow, that the great harlot who is clothed in scarlet can very well spare me now. Upon her business I am come here, that we may extend our powers. Whatever lets down this church that we hate is something in favour of ours. You will not think, great cosmocrat, that I spend my time in fooling. Many irons, my sire, have we in the fire, and I must leave none of them cooling. For you must know state councils here are held where I bear rule in. When my liberal notions produce mischievous motions, there's many a man of good intent in either house of parliament, whom I shall find a tool in, and I have hopeful pupils too, who all this while are schooling. Fine progress they make in our liberal opinions, my utilitarians, my all sorts of Inians, and all sorts of Arians, and my all sorts of Is, and my pigs and my wigs, who have all sorts of twists, Trained in the very way I know, father, you would have them go, high and low, wise and foolish, great and small, march of intellect, boys, all. Well pleased wilt thou be at no very far day, when the cauldron of mischievous boils, and I bring them forth in battle array, and bid them suspend their broils, that they may unite and fall on the prey, for which we are spreading our toils, how the nice boys will all give mouth at the call, hark away, hark away to the spoils. My Max and my Quacks and my Jawless Jacks, my Shields and O'Connells, my pious MacDonalds, my Joke Smith Sidney and all of his kidney, my Humes and my Brohams, my Merry Old Jerry, my Lord Kings and my Doctor Doyles. At this good news, so great, the devil's pleasure grew, that with a joyful swish he rent the hole where his tail came through. His countenance fell for a moment when he felt the stitches go. Ah, thought he, there's a job now that I've made now for my tailor below. Great news, bloody news, cried a newsman. The devil said, stop, let me see. Great news, bloody news, thought the devil. The bloodier, the better for me. So he brought the newspaper and no news at all for his money he had. Lying varlet, thought he, thus to take in old Nick. But in some satisfaction, my lad, to know thou art paid beforehand for the trick, for the sixpence I gave thee is bad. And then it came into his head, my oracular inspiration, that what he had seen and what he had said in the course of this visitation would be published in the morning post, 
for all this reading nation. Therewith in second sight he saw the place and the manner and time in which this mortal story would be put in a mortal rhyme, that it would happen with two poets should on a time be met in the town of Netherstowey in the shire of Somerset. There while the one was shaving would he the song begin, and the other when he heard at breakfast in ready accord join in. So each would help the other, two heads being better than one, and the phrase and conceit would in unison meet, and so with glee the verse flow free, in ding-dong chime of sing-song rhyme, till the whole were merrily done. And because it was set to the razor, not to the lute or harp, therefore it was that the fancy should be bright and the wit be sharp. But then, said Satan to himself, as for that said beginner, against my infernal majesty there is no greater sinner. He hath put me in ugly ballads, with libelous pictures for sale. He hath scoffed at my hooves and my horn, and has made very free with my tail. But this Mr. Poet shall find I am not a safe subject for whim, for I'll set up a school of my own, and my poets shall set upon him. He went to a coffee house to dine, and there he had soya in his dish, having ordered some soles for his dinner, because he was fond of flat fish. They are much to my palate, thought he, and now guess the reason who can. Why no bait should be better than place, where I fish for a parliament man. But the souls in the bill were ten shillings. Tell your master, quoth he, what I say. If he charges at this rate for all things, he must be in a pretty good way. But mark ye, said he to the waiter, I'm a dealer myself in this line, and his business between you and me, nothing like so extensive as mine. No souls are exceedingly cheap, which you will not attempt to deny. When I see him at my fish market, I warrant him by and by. As he went along to the strand, between three in the morning and four, he observed a queer-looking person who staggered from Perry's door. And he thought that all the wonder over, in vain for a man you might seek, who could drink more like a Trojan or talk more like a Greek. The devil he then prophesied. It would one day he matter of talk, that with wine when smitten, and with wit moreover being happily bitten, the erudite Bibber was he who had written the story of this walk. A pretty mistake, quoth the devil, a pretty mistake I opine. I have put many ill thoughts in my mouth, and he'll never put good ones in mine. And whoever shall say that to Porson, these best of all verses belong. He is an untruth-telling whore son, and so shall be called in the song. And if seeking an illicit connection with fame, anyone else should put it in a claim, in this comical competition. That excellent poem will prove a man trapped for such foolish ambition, with a silly rogue shall be caught by the leg and exposed in a second edition. Now the morning's air was cold for him, who was used to a warm abode, and yet he did not immediately wish to set out on his homeward road, for he had some morning calls to make before he went back to hell. So thought he, I'll step into a gaming house, and that will do as well. But just before he could get to the door, a wonderful chance befell. For all on a sudden, in a dark place, he came upon General's burning face. And it struck him with such consternation, that home in a hurry his way did he take. Because he thought, by a slight mistake, t'was the General Conflagration. A Ballad of Suicide The gallows in my garden, people say, is new and neat and adequately tall. I tie the noose on in a knowing way, as one that knots his necktie for a ball. But just as all the neighbours on the wall are drawing a long breath to shout, Hooray! The stranger's whim has seized me, 
After all, I think I will not hang myself today. Tomorrow is the time I get my pay. My uncle's sword is hanging in the hall. I see a little cloud all pink and grey. Perhaps the rector's mother will not call. I fancy that I heard from Mr. Gall that mushrooms could be cooked another way. I never read the works of Juvenal. I think I will not hang myself today. The world will have another washing day. The decadence decay, the pendants pour. And H.G. Wells has found that children play, and Ben and Shaw discovered that they squall. Rationalists are growing rational, and though thick woods one finds a stream astray, so secret that the very sky seems small, I think I will not hang myself today. Mates, I hope you enjoyed all of these poems. My favourite poem was the one focused on the Devil's Walk, and how they meet people from different walks of life, pun intended, and how each one offers a tidbit of humour, insanity, and conniving con artistry. Such a good set of poems, though. And if you have poems of your own or stories to share that you've written, send them my way, mates, via email, which is storiesfablesghostlytales at gmail.com. That way I can thank you myself as well. And lastly, if you like what I do and feel you can support the show in some capacity, visit my Patreon page where you'll find how you can send your love my way. Now, speaking of Patreon, I want to thank the legends that make this podcast what it is. A lot of fun. First up is my Ode Night Tea Titan, Majestically Amazing Maya, the Queen of Cats, Bringer of Catnip. Thank you so much, Maya, as always. It's Patreon supporters like you that really help this podcast showcase what can be done with the best software and sharpest audio tools. Thank you for helping this podcast reach new tiers of awesome with your support. Today, I've been applying a new set of equalizers to the audio to bring out a richer take from our recordings. I hope that yourself and all the lovely listeners out there can hear the difference. Thanks, Maya. Your support is amazing and you are amazing. Thank you so much. My first white tea warlord, Leza of Loxley, the sharer of all things that are awesome. Thanks, man, as always, for your kind support. I've been reviewing and working hard on sourcing some giveaways and means of supporting the creative writing community. So expect to hear soon about how your lovely support is going to help authors write more and test their metal. This will take some organizing, but I put time aside to plan this and look at our giveaway laws in Australia. Believe it or not, there are significant laws around this kind of practice, so I want to make sure I'm doing everyone right. Either way, it's a great step to give back and help others grow. Thank you, Leza, for being your awesome self, and I'll touch base with you this weekend. Cheers, man. My second white tea warlord, Pages Maximus, the Knowledge Queen. Thank you, Paige, for supporting me in the way you do as always. Today, the new pop shield is on its way and heading down to be eagerly used. Thanks to you, mate, I can edit my audio with much less plosives, which, for those who don't know, are sounds that shift the most air into the mic when said words like pineapple or boom, words that create a sharp push of air, essentially. This pop shield will help significantly lower those recording plosives and will reduce the need for me to apply, you know, plugins to shrink that plosive down. Thank you so much, mate. You're saving me so much time. And my amazing peeps that kick this podcast into overdrive, my ill-grained forces I'm lucky to have. Chad Warren, Just Heather, Juicebox Andy, Peter FLE, Dolphin M. Cow, Michelangelo, Yakone, Tea Time Drinker 1, Divided by Zero, and Leah Fassig. 
Have a wonderful weekend, you amazing people. If you think that there's someone out there that would enjoy storytelling, or you have any stories of your own listeners, feel free to email me at any time. I'll be sure to get back to you. Stay awesome, mates, and as always, till next we meet.